Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Big Boss Battle, Big Boss Babble. I'm Terry Jeffries and I am here, even though I said I wasn't going to be. Ha ha, I got you. I'm sitting here now in the new, well, the new temporary studio for myself. And uh, this week I'm joined uh, just by Dan. Hello. There he is. And uh, Dan, uh, this just this few, last few days, has been to uh, Insomnia 62, a gaming event. Yeah, so yeah. Dan, why don't you give us a, a quick rundown on uh, what the event was about first? Okay, so I've never been to an Insomnia event before, and apparently there's been 61 of them before now, but I haven't been to one of them, so I think they do two a year. They they may well have done more at some point, but but I think it all started off as a big LAN thing. It started off as a big overnight LAN thing where you could set up in camp if you want or just play the night away, which is pretty cool, and it's become a little bit more corporate as time has gone on. Uh, the company Gameplay were acquired by Game a few years back, which... Uh, Gave a bit more structure to all of the retail stuff that goes on during the day in the other room. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's definitely because of its land-based stuff, I would say. Uh, much more of a... It appeals more to fans of streaming and fans of esports and competitive gaming. There right. were a lot of YouTubers there. Uh, someone sent me a list... Uh, like, so Dan, I hope you're looking forward to Insomnia and just drop this big list of like 30 or 40 names that I've never heard <laughs> of that were like XX Karate Kit and like Butterfly Ninja and all sorts of stuff that I've never heard any, of because any big ones I don't or watch they YouTube. Just li- yeah. you, you just hadn't heard no. of them or were they just like ones no, that were just like thousands of subscribers or something? I just hadn't heard of them. Fair there, I mean, there were, there, were, there were loads and loads of them. Let me look at this. Let me look at this list of names that I probably won't understand. Uh, so someone called. Oh, okay. Game Grumps, Yogscast. Oh, Game Grumps. That's right. Those are the names I know. Someone yeah. called Syndicate. Oh yeah, I know Cas- Syndicate. Yeah. Casper Lee, Terrorizer, Eight Bit Gaming. There's lots of people here. I don't know who they are, but uh, that's my fault, not theirs. No. Uh, I know you're not a massive YouTube watcher. Oh, I haven't got the attention span, lad. I haven't got the attention span. I waste span. way too much time on YouTube, to be honest. This is, I can't do it. I mean, I, like, other people are like, oh, yeah, just put it on in the background. Just get on with what you need to do. Occasionally have a bit of a chuckle, like when you've got the radio on. But but I can't even concentrate if I've got the radio on. <laughs> I start humming along and then start doing other things. And it's like, oh, I haven't done anything productive. But anyway, once again, that's, that's my problem and, yes. and not theirs. Uh, so... Normally, they have a lot of shops, they have a lot of stage presentations, they run some competitions and do some other stuff, and the last few years, the Tentacle Booth have been showing up. Uh, the Tentacle Booth is run by the people who uh, make TerraTech. Right, I can never okay. remember the name of the company, but basically they, they, they buy out some big booth space, and then they sub, they sub, sub-rent, I guess, uh, some smaller space to cover the costs of the space that they have rented for the yeah. stuff they're not using. So because they've, their opinion was because they've already got money, you know, they've, they've got enough money to rent out a little bit bigger space and give what is essentially a bit of a discount for people who want to get in on a booth, oh, which that's... is quite a nice idea actually. And is, yeah. they've been doing some, they've, in my opinion, kind of rezzed 
last year and some of the other events that I've been to where they've been have been some of the highlights, some of the highlights of the show, to be honest with you. They've, they've always, because they offer some booths up for free, they've always got a nice selection of games in there. Uh, cool. And so it was basically, I'm not going to lie, it was the main reason that I went along to Insomnia uh, rather than anything else. Uh, that and I wanted to experience driving on the motorway and other exciting <laughs> things. But but yeah, so yeah, did that. So previous years they've had, I believe someone said at one point there was just kind of four or six games there. Uh, but they managed to get a good 20, 22 games in there, if not nice. more, which is an impressive amount. Oh, what was that, sorry? Good selection of stuff. Yeah, great selection of stuff. So there were a lot of vertical... Oh, I say there were a lot. There were a couple of vertical shooters. There were a couple of kind of colony management or business management games. Uh, you had a couple of third-person platformers, a good few kind of local co-op games, and a, a couple of others as well, some nice mixes. There nice. were, as well, some student games in there, which was which was nice to see. Yeah, it's always good, isn't it? Uh, which I didn't actually get round to playing, but I did leave my contact details with them, so maybe there'll be something up on the site for those. But, Ooh, uh, nice. But for the in the in the least case, it's just nice to see student projects getting getting out there because that kind of reinforcement, that kind of experience, is is essential to kind of getting people into the industry. So good stuff. So, what what were your highlights, Dan? What, what games did you enjoy while you were there? Well, what I was really going to do is I was just going to go through the list of most of the stuff that I played or saw. The list. Go over TM. The, the list. <laughs> uh, and just go over some of the differences since the last time I saw some of them or just quickly talk over them, I guess. So yeah. it, it made go a lot right of sense. A, cu- a couple of them were new to me. Or I, actually looking at it, probably about two thirds of the list was new to me, which is, which is great. It's exactly why I like to go along to these events. So. We'll start off with the top. This is a kind of arbitrarily made-up list, so so that's cool. So first up on the list is Honey, I Joined a Cult, which is a yeah. I, I, you, you told me about this, and I looked it up quickly. It's it's very it's, it's one of those new sort of that new style of game, you know, in the Prison Architect, Rimworld kind of where the graphics are, you know, sort of almost secondary to the the actual management and building of the of the game and it does look quite cool that's it so there was a there was a school manager academia yeah yeah that rings a bell academia which catherine covered uh and another brick in the mall which rob covered and i've been playing a little bit of and yeah they've all got this wonderful i i love it i think it's a wonderful little cutesy art style yeah uh but they are more they're almost colony management like how rimworld is colony management and like how banished is colony management uh, and they definitely lean more on that than than the classic kind of tycoon game. Oh yeah, because it doesn't feel like you move from level to level. There were some tycoon games there, funnily enough, but this definitely falls more into that what I consider colony management. Uh, interesting idea. You manage a cult, uh, which seems to be hip at the minute. I mean, obviously Far Cry Five discussed that. You've also got. Oh no, I've forgotten what it's called. <laughs> oh. There's a great looking game coming out soon where you infiltrate uh, like stealth in to a cult to try and kind of liberate people and free them. All right. I can't believe okay. I've forgotten the name of that. 
and that looks extremely okay. cool. So so cults are becoming a becoming a topic. It's also nice that you know you're not necessarily playing this chipper. Well, I mean, obviously everyone's smiling because it's a cult, but you're not yeah. you're not necessarily doing this chipper happy job, which is which is I guess nice in games as well. I mean, obviously RimWorld, everyone's dying and eating each other's intestines most of the time and getting gored by llamas. Yeah, but that's the, that's the thing about RimWorld. It is, I mean, it is decidedly bleak, isn't it? To be honest, it is. But then, to be honest, so is Prison Architect, where you're literally getting paid money to keep people there and or kill them, uh, yeah, or or even kill them. Yeah, exactly. It's it's quite bleak. I mean, very true. So there is that. So, but it is it is always nice when when these games always kind of go and, and try something new. The other the other one actually that I forgot to mention while I was talking about these games is uh, Machia Villain uh, which is I due out at some, some oh that's worth giving a look with that one you run a haunted house and you have kind of vampires and zombies in there and you have to lure in visitors and kill them and the vampires and zombies eat certain things and you have to keep them fed and you have to scare people to earn money and that's a pretty cool idea as well that but, sounds like fun I'm going to have to look yeah, it out. <laughs> it is, but we're not talking about that. No, we're, not. we're talking we're about not. Honey, I Joined a Cult, which which looks quite cool. So uh, I believe, from the looks of things, there's a demo up there as well. Cool. I mean, is it, is it injected with humour, as these games often are? I mean, it, or or is it going sort of almost deadly serious? And my, I suppose my question would be, is how far does it go? I mean, can you literally force quit the game by just telling everyone to commit suicide, for example? That's pretty dark. Well, it's a cult, and it's happened. So, well, you know, it's all, <laughs> This is very true. I suppose it could be, really. But the whole idea is that you you have staff that indoctrinate people. It It follows, I guess, a bit like kind of theme park and stuff. It's almost got that kind of capitalist edge to it where you're trying to extort as much money from people by indoctrinating them further and further while, unlike theme park, trying to keep the heat off of you uh, by keeping everything looking relatively innocent. Right, okay. Yeah. So, and it's got some kind of wacky stuff like hypno chambers and, and stuff like that in there, but uh, yeah, it's relatively tongue-in-cheek. I don't think yeah. you can literally just go, right, I'm done with this today. Everybody yeah, meet I mean, us like, in the in the holy room because yeah. Daddy's that, starting a whole new cult somewhere else. Yeah, because that, well, that would be game over, wouldn't it, really? That that would be. So and then really that would that probably route. tally into a very high score and you could show your friends. And No, I don't think that's in the game. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, well, maybe they'll add mod support. <laughs> yeah, and then people can make it really dark. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Nice. So, next. Next. Next was Stuntful uh, from Level Boss Games. I played a tiny bit of this. It's been to a couple of other events before. I think it was at RTX London right. uh, as well. Uh, the whole idea of this game is that you are falling through the air. You're kind of a ragdoll stuntman. Uh, and there's a couple of other players as well, and you've got to, you know, you're, well, you're not falling through the air. You're being dangled. The whole idea is that kind of you're on, a, you're in front of a green screen. Yeah. So it's, you know, the background is doing whatever the background's doing because you're on set. And so you and all of these other players have to kind of bounce around because I only played the multiplayer version. I'm sure there probably is a single player. But uh, in the multiplayer, you kind of bounce around off of each other and try and grab things and right. knock other people out of the way, and it's quite fun. 
there is apparently a single player actually looking it up right now. Uh, on the single player, you have to complete objectives to win points with the director. There are five different types of film, which will obviously have varying backdrops and varying themed objectives. And it's just pretty cool. Pretty, you know, I would say simple, single screen fun. Uh, the multiplayer was certainly fun, bouncing off of people and trying to rush past people, all while looking like you're falling through the air because you're in front of this big green screen. So that was pretty cool. Awesome. Just a nice little fun multiplayer game, although obviously the single player could be utterly compelling, but we won't know that until we get a bit closer to the time, I guess, or until I get a proper hands-on with it. Uh, next up on the list is Dead End Job. I wanted to mention Dead End Job because Dead I wrote job. about Dead End Job after last year. Okay, cool. uh, it's very much, it's by, uh, the guy who did Binaries. Uh, and Binaries had this great sense of humor that ran all the way through it. Dead End Job very much does as well. There's a whole bunch of puns. Every level and every loading screen seems to be a pun based on ghosts. Excellent. The only one I can remember off the top of my head was scouting for ghouls rather than scouting <laughs> for girls. And there's all sorts of stuff in there. Yep. The whole point is that you're, you're like a, you're like a pest killer, like a pest removal person. All right. But, but obviously also a ghostbuster essentially so you yeah, go yeah. to these places you accept these jobs which have varying challenges and then it generates a building layout similar to how binding of isaac does it you know uh kind of the old zelda style dungeons yeah, dropped yeah, yeah. in next to each other and as you yeah. ex- go into each room the doors all lock and then you shoot the uh shoot the ghosts and then suck them up and you get points but if you kind of shoot the vending machines and the fax machines and the lockers and the computer servers they all blow up and cause more damage and sometimes they spit out money which means you get paid more money and and from room to room sometimes there's civilians in there so you need to beat these little bosses as to uh as to clear the room and free the civilian which gets you a bonus once you've freed all of them you can then leave get your payday go on to the next job so What's cool about it is that the upgrades come thick and fast. Right, okay. So if you clear about two or three rooms, you're kind of immediately presented with kind of a level up. You get a little job promotion, job title, and you can kind of increase the fire rate of your weapon or make your weapon cool down a bit quicker or not overheat as fast, I suppose. Awesome. Or you just get more money or the food that you find on the floor will heal you more or you get more maximum hearts or you, you know, it's it's just really fast and quick and it just feels really balanced and you don't want to put it down because of the... It it does certainly sound like fun. I wasn't a big fan of Isaac, but I don't know. I think that was more the the theme of it put me off more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly why like I've not played Binding of Isaac. I, I I constantly think, I will play Binding of Isaac soon. I hear so many good things about it, and then I think, it's actually pretty dark, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think I'm in a mood for that at the minute. <laughs> but but a dead-end job with its kind of bright and colourful art style that has that kind of wacky late-90s cartoon style and its funny sense of humour, it's, it's good. The control schemes changed massively since I last played it. I played it at Res last year, uh, and at the time it was twin stick, but analog, st- uh, but uh, trigger to shoot. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you aimed with your with the right stick, gotcha. and then shot with the right trigger or sucked in with the left trigger. Yeah. But back then it was 
there were only, I think, four points of direction of firing, so you were shooting on a diagonal, which meant that in the busier rooms where there were lockers everywhere, you were getting caught on them, and there's all of these little enemies that can come at you. There's these tiny little ones that dash at you, and there's enemies that gob out masses of... masses of of goo and stuff to try (laughs) and get you. That's it. And, like, in the new build, I don't know if this was in the old one, but in the new build, one of the things that you have to defeat to free people is Clippy. From Clippy. Microsoft Office, the goat of Clip, the ghost of Clippy, <laughs> nice. uh, and he zips around quite fast. Like he'll fade in and fade out. And yeah. on the old control scheme, that would have been awkward because you'd have to get down below or just above to angle that shot. Whereas now it is actually on kind of right analog stick. Knock it in the direction, and it just auto fires. And that feels so much faster and more oh, responsive, yeah. and makes it a lot more fun. Cool. Well, yeah, I we'll have to look out for that then. I think definitely one to watch out for really but, good fun but you say sort of so it's procedurally generated you know rooms put together and things like that is it so is it like a roguelike kind of thing or roguelite kind of well game if you get or? knocked if you get knocked out you get demoted put simply right. uh demotion results in some stuff being lost you fail the day as well but there's nothing stopping you from then just carrying on trying another day that's it exactly cool. uh the levels were quite short as well so there were from what I from what I saw on the from what I saw in the build that was there, there's four different locations and each of them can post different difficulty jobs anyway. So only one was unlocked in the uh version that I played. Right. But there were two jobs posted there, one that was a two star difficulty and one that was a three star difficulty. And and I only spent probably about maybe seven or eight minutes clearing the level and then I came out and blah 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 blah. So I there's Without sounding silly, there's not much to lose because it's so easy to pick it up and play it again. Yeah. A, a bit like older games, I guess. Maybe. Fair enough. So next up was Medieval Steve. Uh, yeah, um, I, could, I couldn't find anything on this. I just kept getting Minecraft pictures and things. <laughs> It does have a it does have a Steam Greenlight page from from back in the day. Yeah, it wouldn't, was, it wouldn't load for me, so I'm gonna have to use my mind's eye, Dan, and go from your description. <laughs> that's cool. Well, it's a it's a two D perspective but three D game. Yeah, platformer uh, where you play a little knight who doesn't have any connecting limbs, so he's a bit like a Rayman. Uh, right. you run along, smash up your enemies, and it's kind of built for speedrunners, I yep. would say, from what I, okay. from what I played. Cool. Uh, collect up gems, find special routes, secret routes, there's kind of bounce pads, things collapse, uh, elevating platforms can be unlocked by triggering levers. You know, it's standard, I would say, third person fare, but, but the, the pace of the game and the fact that the character has a double double jump so you can jump jump and then jump one more time means so that it could jump. be quite yeah yeah oh, no yeah but double double jump isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah triple jump but does mean that the uh the speed running aspect is is quite interesting i did have trouble uh on the event build i couldn't seem to pick up the massive gems that were hovering there that seemed to be collectibles that directly affected your score at the end. But I had a decent run. I got most of the smaller gems and finished finished the uh, 
the kind of first level, the the main one that people were playing a couple of times. Visually, good it stuff. shows that it's running in the Unreal Engine. It looks, it still looks quite good. I I like the movements of it, but uh, I have become a bit weary of the the two D three D perspective that yeah. a lot of these games. Yeah, I get what you mean. In the Unreal Engine, you know, took on, but with a little bit of shine. And obviously, I didn't see that many of the levels. Some of the some of the later levels may be much more interesting than the kind of grassy one that they had at, they had on show at the start. Yeah. But, well, uh, if, if there's a grassy level, that's just level one, isn't it? That's just that's well, game yeah. shorthand. This is true. This is true. <laughs> level one sure is a gr- green grassy area. That's I'm dumb. sure there's <laughs> temples and dungeons and <laughs> snowy areas and possibly a collapsing citadel into the water world as well. Yeah. Maybe a desert one too. And obviously the dreaded underwater section. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they didn't put an underwater section in. But but no, it was a it was a lovely looking game and I I did enjoy playing it. I liked I liked the pace of it. Uh little comedic smash and bash words came off when you beat up enemies and hit the ground, so yeah. it's kinda of fun. Awesome. Uh but I'll have to see more of it before I uh before I make final judgment on it, I guess, but it's definitely one to definitely one to keep an eye on. Goonies. What's next? Next up on the list, I'm gonna have to speed up, in I. <laughs> the The mystery of the Woolly Mountain is a game that I saw on Kickstarter a few years ago. It was just a. I'm pretty sure it was on Kickstarter. At least I might have just made that up. But it was a point and click adventure game with a lovely art style. Uh, the developers have actually made a, a cool little comic book that they were handing out at the event as well. Nice. It captures a lot of the humour and a lot of the kind of, I guess, mechanical simplicity but puzzling complexity of classic graphic adventure games. And, yeah, it just looks like good fun. So it's called Mystery of Woolly Mountain. The Mystery of the Woolly Mountain. Is the mystery the mountain's actually a giant beast? And that's why it's woolly. No comment. But that could be it. I'm going to say now, I'm going to call it. If it turns out to be true in the future, we've got it on record that I said it now. Maybe the real mystery of the Woolly Mountain is the friends we made along the way, Terry. (laughs) As is everything. As is everything. It always is, isn't it? It Maybe the petrol that went into our car was was the friends that we made along the way. (laughs) Maybe the dinner that we ate at the... Wait. Yeah. Uh... So next up on the list was Deflection, which was one of the student games that I mentioned. It's so, a puzzle game involving mirrors. Yeah, yeah. And it's, Yay! It was, <laughs> it was really quite fun. So it's not actually a, a puzzle game. It's more of an adventure game. Uh, going back to that uh, kind of level and room assembly layout that I hinted at yeah. or mentioned to uh, with Dead End Job. So... Each of the layouts are procedurally generated, including item layout and trapdoor layout in each of the rooms in Deflection. You are a character who can run about in all directions. You can dash a little bit. uh, And you've got a mirror. And the mirror has two charges on it, and you've got a couple of health. And you appear in these rooms, the, the objective being that you just, you know, get through these various chambers. You appear in these rooms... Enemies appear and they all fire projectiles. There's no melee enemies in the game. Right. So they all fire projectiles and all you have to do, 
say all you have to do, it's not that simple, but all you have to do is with your mouse cursor, because that controls which direction you're facing, make sure that that's pointing roughly at where you want the missiles to bounce. And when the enemy yeah. is... So you've got to use the enemy's attacks against them, basically. Against them, reflect exactly. reflect bullets back into the other ones or however you want. That's it, exactly. So nice. the, the, the fun in it comes in the fact that there are multiple different types of enemies. You've obviously got your little slimes, which are present in each of the worlds. There were two worlds in the uh, in the demo version. The second one was Nails Hard, mate. But <laughs> So you've got these little slimes. They just gob out one shot. Uh, in the first world, you've got these skeletons, which throw bones, which are much more visible but travel a little bit faster. Yeah. Uh, and they take a few more hits. You've also got these massive knights that hurl out kind of five daggers, but in a kind of spread out direction. So if you're standing too close to the knight... You'll get hit by all five. That's it, but your mirror can only take two hits. So a good tactic to beat a skeleton or a slime is to just get up in their face. So, so when they gob at you, it definitely hits them back right, in the... Sorry, you say they only take two hits, so... It recharges, it recharges. Oh, it does recharge? It does, it recharges how, quite how, quick, actually. How, all right, that's fair enough, then. I'd say probably about two seconds. Cool. So, so really, what you're doing is you're kiting most of the larger enemies around the map. Yeah. And when you, but when you go into a big room, obviously it's it it's going to be filled with like nine or ten of these enemies. So the thing that most people would do is back up into a corner and just go, "Ha ha, you can't get me!" until there's next to no enemies left. But that doesn't work because you've only got two charges on your mirror. And if you've got that many enemies, then it's a bad idea to just bottle up. So it really keeps you moving around, which is which is great. So. There's also bosses, but I was not good enough to get to the bosses. <laughs> and and they wouldn't debug option me to the bosses so I could see them. Sure. Uh, so I'll, I'll need a bit of practice if I'm going to play that game properly. But, uh, but no, it was good. And the, the second setting, which was completely different location, had bees and various insects that attacked you as well and things that charged but then launched projectiles. And it's a very interesting offering. I, I like dungeon crawlers. In general, I like roguelikes in general, but I especially like new mechanics. And the mirror idea was was very cool. Uh, although the the dash being they had a dash on a shift key, but what it did is it charged up and then you pressed it and you you got a little boost. Uh, you basically skipped forwards at about three times speed for about a second. Yeah, and then it would have to recharge again. And I don't feel like I don't feel like that's right because there was no kind of indicator. I feel like you should be able to put the mirror away but run faster, making it a yeah, tactical decision sense. to be Yeah, that's it. So which I did say to them, so maybe we'll see that implemented, or maybe they'll just ignore me completely and I'll complain again next time. <laughs> and then you get a but, game design credit in there. And... Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh checks can be sent via post to <laughs> <laughs> So next up was BFF or Die. Played this a couple of times. I think it's been mentioned on the site a couple of times now. It's it's looking sleeker. It's looking shinier. It's looking lovelier. The the idea is that you've got, or sorry, the the gist of the game is that you've got these four time traveling rabbit friends who are well who are dropouts from some space college university thing, and they get stuck out of time. Uh, right. And it's a basically a passive game. You haven't got any aggressive abilities, and you've got to work together as a kind of family except the ravages of time <laughs> <laughs> no you don't get older <laughs> oh. but, no that's it but there are kind of 
what, what, well, what it is, is each level has kind of a maze to the top bit that you can navigate through. But the whole point of the game is that it's about darkness and light. Right. So certain bits of the level will, will glow and glint and the little bits of energy that you need to keep skipping through levels uh, are kind of glow. And your bunnies glow, or your creatures glow in the dark. But you've got these tools down the bottom, which are introduced every kind of couple of levels. So right at the start, you're dropped in and there's kind of four of you, there's a maze, it's well lit. But a couple of levels later, there's a torch down the bottom that someone needs to get on and point to show people the way through the maze. Right, okay. So all of a sudden, it, it's it's really cool kind of... It becomes this kind of high-pressure cooperative experience because if you've got these mummies running around in the dark you're going to have three people that are trying to go their own way and one person on a light or two people on a light going why is the light not on me i need the light on me i'm going to die <laughs> uh and and it's cool and then later on you get things introduced like this little grabby claw that can pick people up and move them to another mm -hmm. area and drop them in and obviously that with enemies running around and all sorts, it's just really good fun. And they're largely working on, on polish at the minute because the game mechanics and everything are already already cemented in place. Yeah. They they have an endless mode planned uh, that's going to just lump random mechanics in, and that sounds quite good. Cool. But uh, they're just working on polish and getting the whole contrast between light and dark in there and getting everything shiny and lovely looking. It's a really good game. Excellent. Next is Armored Engines. This is the first time I've seen Armored Engines. Uh, it's an absolutely lovely looking game. RTS? Uh, no, no. It's... No. How do you explain it? <laughs> so, See, I've so not seen any of, of these games. For previous <laughs> recently, I've not, I don't know about any of these games, got, so I'm trying to guess. It has, it has got a name a bit like an RTS, doesn't it? What, what it is, is it's a bit like Oregon Trail, I guess apart from you're controlling the different carriages on your train along the way. Right, okay. So it'll be like, oh, you're going to go to this place, that's fine. Uh, and if you put coal into one of your carriages and you've got a cannon on the other carriage, then you move your character between the cannon to recalibrate to where it's aiming, and then you move to the coal. And you, with the coal, you can just directly influence wherever you're going to throw it. And because yeah. you've aimed your cannon, you can then just press the the key to fire the cannon. So you've got to defend your, your vehicle, your train. Right, gotcha. As it travels from station to station. And the train obviously gets longer. You take on silly missions. You you get extra stuff to do. It's just it's just really good fun, you know? Uh, awesome. Everything was light-hearted. It, it had that kind of wonderful, magical, old game feel wherein the story didn't necessarily need to make much sense. You were you were running this old kind of, I guess, Wild West-style train across the country, apart from you had a massive cannon on the top that was obviously slightly more modern-influenced, and all of the raiders were flying drones at the <laughs> at the train. So, you know, nothing needed to make sense. It was just good fun, yeah. you know, so... Fair enough. So that was good. Sounds good. I'm, I'm looking forward to spending a bit more time with that because I didn't get to play it last time I saw it, which was Res last year because it was opposite Staxel. And I got minimal time with it uh, because someone else was in a bit of a rush who was sitting behind me this year. Right. So Fair enough. hopefully if it's at Res, I'll get a bit more time with it. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, next up is Co Queen Op Kingdom. 
there were two games there which were about running arcades. Coin Op Kingdom is interesting because you're also running. You've also got food carts and stuff like that, and everyone's an animal as well. So right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, all right, calm down. So <laughs> so you have kind of Molman go around and fix things. Uh and you've got kind of squids that can be chefs. And you've got to I suppose a bit like theme park and etc. You've got to keep all your guests happy and get as much money out of them as possible by correctly pricing the food and by getting a decent selection of genres of arcade games in, in this kind of limited space and it was just really good. Really good fun. It was nice to see. I didn't get to have any time playing it though, so I don't know exactly how deep it is. But uh... and you said there was a second one as well, an arcade. Yeah, there was another arcade game. No, this one wasn't actually on demo. This one wasn't actually on show. Ah, uh, right. Okay. There was just there was just a video running for this one. But this is a game that I've seen before, and this was Arcade Tycoon. Okay. So Arcade Tycoon uh, has a pixelated art style to it. So unlike as it should do, unlike the other one which I won't say it has a realistic art style because obviously the creatures are animals yeah but it, it's definitely got a more 3D art style to it with yeah. uh, Arcade Tycoon it's 2D it's it's pixelated uh, and it has that oh, I don't know the best way to explain it but you know when everything looks like it's on a grid yeah you know so theme hospital you kind of knew exactly where the corner points were going to be when you were dragging a room so it couldn't be off that grid yeah yeah, yeah. I always just use that to refer to the viewpoint. I've probably been using that word erroneously for years. But uh, <laughs> well, isometric is a viewpoint, but it also an isometric grid. So yeah, okay, we'll go with that. That's good. Okay. I like that. That's good. Lesson learnt. <laughs> but so with this one, it, it it's definitely got a bit of a sense of humour in its game titles. Everything's a cheap pun. There's also things like sideshows. Uh, and kind of wacky stuff happens as well. Like you can have cows stampede through the through <laughs> the arcade, and but yeah, it's just it's. I haven't got that much to say about it because I haven't really seen it in action. I just saw a a video of it rolling, but I had a little bit of a chat with the with the developer, and it it seems quite promising. Uh, but there's only so much you can tell from a trailer yeah. it's always nice to get your hands on and then have a chat about kind of like i enjoyed this bit is there going to be more of that but we don't know that just yet but maybe we'll uh maybe we'll learn a little bit more about that soon yeah, yeah that's that sound interesting I've, I, I know there, there was one came out a couple of years ago i'm sure there was a ty- uh, an arcade ty- tycoon sort of game yeah that was yeah. the one that launched originally on the xbox launched on the xbox 360 indie store and then it got a pc port yeah, uh, but it was quite a limited space that one. It, it was about uh, renewing and replacing elements as oh. opposed to building onwards. I'm hoping that these two that I've mentioned have kind of scenario modes where you go on to bigger and better areas to work in and different challenges. Yeah. I'd love because to see that one was... that had official licenses. Oh, for I actual, really yeah, that could be interesting. That'd probably be hell, but that'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know that the latter definitely does, and it has a it has a side on fighting game called Jujitsu, <laughs> uh, and various other puns and such. But but yeah, so we sh- we shall see with those. We shall see. Yeah. For, that, Only for a those listening left. at home, for those oh, listening at home, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, retro arcade machines, and I'm actually sitting within three feet 
of my own Virtua Fighter 3 arcade cabinet, which is just behind I, me. I thought you were going to say, I'm sitting within my own arcade cabinet right now. <laughs> yeah, not not quite. But no, it's, quite. it's now back with me again after being apart for a number of years. But anyway, sorry. Sorry, carry on then. Next up, it's always worth mentioning Mau Mau Castle. Mau Mau Castle has been to about four or five times the amount of shows that I have been in the last 18 months. <laughs> it's Space like, Harrier with cats. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can certainly compare it to Space Harrier. It's, it's definitely that behind the... I asked you, didn't I, actually? I, I went to you the other day. I said, what what genre would you... How would yeah, you, how would you describe this? It's... I, I would say it's an on-rail shooter, but even though it's not really a shooter, I don't know, it's it's a weird one. This isn't, yeah. So I, I went with third-person rail shooter, I think, and yeah. then I, I, I don't know if I even used that in the end. But yeah, you're a you're a flying cat dragon, similar to how there's a dog dragon in uh, NeverEnding Story. Yes. And you've got to get home to your floating castle, and there's obstacles in the way, and if you collect rainbows, then they equal extra lives, but they also give you a thousand points, and then if you smash up the stuff on the ground, then you get about a hundred points each, and you can, you can click or clench your fist, because he runs this on the leap motion, the little sensor bar. Oh, right, okay. That you run your hand over, because he puts it in the debug sometimes, so you can see it, but it picks up on all of the skeleton movements of the hand yeah, yeah i've seen how the leap motion works i was i wanted to pick one up for a while and then whenever i had money i didn't want it <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really it, it's a really great game to demo on it and it's a really great gimmick to demo a game on if that makes sense especially a game that is when played on pc which this isn't intended for launch on just yet but uh, on PC, you can just play it all with your mouse and your clicking, yeah. and on on your phone, which is the intended first platforms it's going to launch on, just touch screen and a and a quick tap will do the dash sure because is. there's this big dash that bolts you forwards. But oh, it's just really good fun. There's kind of twenty levels, increasing difficulty, increasing speed. There's going to be an endless mode in it as well. Nice. Uh, catchy music, lovely pixel art, and it's. You've got nine lives because you're a cat. Well, of course. Uh, which is enough. You know, it's enough to get close to the end of the 20 levels. And if you're good at it, you can still mess up kind of around 17, 18. Yeah. You know, nobody's going to consistently beat it unless they've played this far too much. And that's that's nice because normally you don't have these kind of pixel art, arcade games that you can get so far, so comfortably and confidently and it's yeah that's good good feedback loop yeah I'll be having a go at that uh, hopefully fairly soon because it does look like fun when you can it is it is music's bloody brilliant as well I can Hmm. still hear it can always hear it now Uh, next up was Luna the Shadow Dust so this is a really cool 2D perspective. It's a point-and-click adventure game, really, but it's definitely more of a puzzler. So you play a... Oh, actually, before I talk about what you play as, it's also in this absolutely amazing art style. It's absolutely lovely. It looks like the old French comics, you know, like Tintin. Yeah. Where everything was... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Tintin, Cartoony, and... but realistic. But... 
perfect you know the the kind of stuff that inspired you know the the kind of stuff that was animated and then inspired anime yeah inspired the anime movement you know and stuff yeah yeah. and so it so it would be foolish to compare it to studio ghibli works when it definitely resembles more that early early french art that inspired ghibli and the like yeah uh and and it's it's consistent and there's this adorable little kind of cat possibly demon i don't know uh, with this little cat thing that just looks miserable and just because it's a cat and couldn't be controlled as a second character and walked about and used to solve these puzzles. But all of the puzzles are all about light, obviously, because it's called Luna, yeah, but also yeah. about the seasons and stuff as well. And it's kind of gateways and it's good. It's, it's a game that I think a lot of people are going to need a walkthrough for as well. Yeah. Which is nice because I certainly it's, do it's, with most positives. <laughs> but it's certainly it, it's nice that it felt like everything was there in front of you, and you had to kind of take a step back to solve the problem. I asked for help at one point. Yeah. So, uh, because there were so many things in front of me that I couldn't differentiate, or I couldn't identify which of the kind of what I had regarded as kind of four possible indicators for a solution would be the right one i didn't want to go through them all because i knew there were plenty of people waiting behind me to give it a go so i asked for help because there was this room where there were kind of these 10 paintings on the wall and in the middle there were these four paintings which had moon shapes on them they had rabbits on them that were looking in certain directions and the moon shapes changed when you went through a certain door. There were also candles as well above each of them. And then there were these other paintings on the wall, which would occasionally move and shift as these kind of spirits moved between them. And the the solution for it was basically look at the moon on the picture, look at which way the rabbit's facing. That's the direction of the door you need to go through. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so which is absolutely brilliant. Uh, I was... Initially, I thought it's something to do with the movement to indicate which door I need to go through. And then I thought, because the moons are moving, maybe the half of the screen that the moon is on indicates which way I have to go. And then when the first light lit up, I thought maybe that indicates now which painting I need to regard to go through as well. So there's, there's a, they're, they're very carefully thought out puzzles. When I, when I stopped playing, because uh, I crashed the build, as I so often do at these events. <laughs> you have a tendency of doing that, yes. I, I do, I do. I'm, I'm destined for QA. Uh, and when I crashed the build, uh, I had just come into a room where there was a door and there were these little touchstones. And when you touch it, it changed the door behind. There's a lot of those in the game. Right. Uh, and you use it to alter the light regularly. But on this door, it shifted the season. And you could go through the door when the season was selected. And then you'd be in a, a setting that was that season. So you then had four rooms that needed to be completed to complete the door, to unlock the door, to travel through, to go to the next area. And mm-hmm. it's all on this journey for this, which this child and then this kind of cat-like creature are going on as to reach the top of this wonderful tower. And every time you do clear a room... Rather than a loading screen, you've got you've got this wonderful, uh, wonderful animated scene of the characters just trotting up a set of stairs as they move to the next stair. Everything feels like it's had 
super detail and super thought put into it and it's lovely and memorable. Coolies, coolies. I'm going to start winding down now because I've just seen the time. We're at 44 yes. minutes. These things are going to be specials. Well, uh, it is a, that is mean. It is a special. We don't have to have a, a time limit on a special, but we maybe should start winding it down. <laughs> Next up was Locomotion, which is a lovely little... Uh, this is the little puzzle game, isn't it? The isometric thing where you've got to sort of make the little tracks and get yes. the aliens to the thing. Is that the one I'm thinking of? I don't know about the aliens... There was there was a game uh, that I was thinking of actually when I played this, where you complete a track by pivoting things, and yeah, it's called Space Something, and you've got to get the little aliens along on the train to complete it, and it has that kind of diorama feel to it. Right. Okay. Uh, but in loco in locomotion, you can spin the camera three sixty around this, well, this diorama, this this cutaway essentially. And you can go over seesaws and you can swing those funny uh, railway things that pivot tracks. Yeah, yeah. And you can spin turnstiles while you're on them, all in order to try and get gold and chests and collectibles as to get through the level with a high score. And there were there's four different distinct settings. There's plenty of levels in each one. I Every time I didn't get a... F- didn't get kind of an A grade. I just restarted straight away because I had to get it. Because yeah. uh, it, it was just good fun. It, it's nice to go into a new level and pivot the camera around and go, right, I think I need to do that. I need to do this. There was... A, there was. I would probably say that what would be good is if the little rotating signs that you post actually indicated which platforms they raised up and lowered. But then that would remove any need for replayability because somebody could literally just rotate the camera around and plan everything out. There is there is some stuff that you need to learn as you go. And yeah. and then even further more mechanics are added in later on in the game as well. But uh, no, lovely, lovely little game. Wonderful art style. Very cutesy. Uh, reminiscent almost of the kind of Fisher-Price toys. And yeah, good fun. Lovely little puzzle game. Nice. That uh, sounds uh, an excellent little game. Skip ahead. Space Toads Mayhem. First time I've seen this. Don't know if it's the first time they've shown it. It's a little arcade game, little arcade shooter. Kind of got, uh, well, it's not going up to the top of the screen because the enemies are coming down from the top of the screen. You can yeah. move around in all directions, up and down. I played it on a joystick, actually, uh, which was pretty cool. And. You can shoot. You don't get you don't get bonus. You don't get kind of weapon upgrades or more ships or anything. But but there is always a there is always a uh, drop rate which is ticking up or ticking down in the bottom corner depending on your combo, and it's always visible. Yeah. So you can see it, and the drop rate actually refers to the chance of getting a positive drop on the next mid level drop of boosters which you only find out what they are before the game. So you remember old DOS games where, like, oh, Dungeons of Draknor, I think it was called, and stuff like that, where you essentially got a glossary before you started the game, and there were, like, 30 things there. And you were like, right, okay, so red ones are lava gems, so I shouldn't touch them, actually, at any point, unless I've got these golden boots. And then it drops you in, and part of the fun eventually became learning what these things were. Like when we 
used to play ASCII games, you know? Yeah. Big. Yeah, having to figure out what, they, what everything did. Big and... Ds are dragons and yeah. little Gs are goblins and yeah. <laughs> so, and it has that. So you're, you're frantically dodging these creatures because a lot of them kind of just charge up and throw themselves at you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're frantically dodging these creatures. Uh, because if they clip you, they'll then try and blow up, which can damage you. While trying to go, right, okay, so that's a Tesla ball. Oh, I should get that. That will clear the screen. Oh, that's, oh, I'm not going to touch that one. That will slow me down. Or I won't be able to shoot for 30 seconds. Which leads to an interesting point, because in this, you don't technically need to attack enemies, except for the bosses. And even with right. the bosses, you could wait until there's a power-up. So the enemies, if they smash into each other, they'll do a little bit of damage to themselves. And if they do that enough times, obviously they'll blow up, which will then damage more enemies around them. So you can survive a little bit, at least, on dodging and enemy chain reaction. So, Which is pretty mm. cool. So it was originally a web-based game. Uh, and I think you can probably still play the web-based that game version. there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the visual stylings is pretty simplistic in visual, in visual demand, but that, in visual de- design, but it's still pretty fun. And it's nice that there's a nice variety of, it's nice that there's a great variety of enemies. Like I said, those enemies that fling themselves at you feels like something new in the kind of vertical, the vertical shooter, top-down shooter, but yeah. who knows? Not me, that's for sure. Uh, this dead, this dead winter was there again. Uh, this is a game that I wrote about earlier on in the year. It's the game with the lovely, wonderful, bright red fox in the snowy landscape. I know that we've just come through like three years of hardcore fox games, yeah. where. <laughs> everyone and their mum was working on and releasing a Fox game. But this is one that stuck with me because a few times gifts have been made of the game because the, the, the main designer on it, Robert Potter, I think his name is, uh, he's really good at engine stuff. So he made this really cool snow displacement stuff. Right, Richard. Keep saying stuff. Uh, and then made some gifts wherein the Fox just ran around in a circle and jumped up in the air and dived into snow to look for food. And all of the snow was bursting everywhere. And he was leaving trowels and snaking patterns in the snow. And it's absolutely amazing and poignant. And and it's like that. The, the, the game's like that. It, it, it just, it's just like that. You know, yeah. when something's so new and fantastic. And I guess like when a new console generation appears or something like that. And I'm sure in time everything will be doing that. And it won't feel magical. But at the minute... Every time I play that game, I really enjoy it. I have just have a lot of fun with all of these new little tech things that he's done yeah. with the game. And there's some interesting mechanics in there later on as well that I don't know if we're meant to discuss, so I'm not going to discuss it, but no, we don't it's a very break- interesting setting. Don't want to be breaking any NDAs or anything, do they? Well, I didn't sign an NDA. <laughs> yeah. But or, maybe another time, who knows? Yes. So couple left to talk about tetra uh elemental awakening was also there that game's coming along well i haven't played it before Catherine played a little bit of it at the yorkshire games festival mm. uh which was okay. late last year it's a game which has a mmo style hotbar 
down the bottom, or I suppose an old RPG style hot bar as well. Yeah. And what you do is you combine elements to make elemental attacks, and everything's elementally charged, and it's a third person RPG, and just, yeah, everything boils down to the use of elements across the periodic table, as well as elemental actual damage. So, it's interesting. I want to see more, and I want to talk to one of the developers about it. Because right. I never manage to when I go to these events when it's there, and it, it's, it's got a lot of promise. I like anything that misses, messes about with the periodic table as well. So Yes. But yes. I, I uh, have a tendency of messing with the periodic table. I yes. always add an I always add an AH icon to it, which is of course the element of surprise. <laughs> Every good. single periodic table I've ever had in a textbook has always had the element of surprise added to it. Ah, I see. There you go. That's my story <laughs> anyway. And now back to you, Dan. <laughs> that's good. No, that's good. That's a good anecdote. That's a good anecdote. Uh Sunburn, I didn't play this. This uh this was a little game co op. Where you run around in a kind of post-apocalyptic world, uh, not post-apocalyptic, sorry, post-zombie world, post-societal world. There are zombies there, they're bad, but they react to UV light rather than being shot. So it's all about resource management of batteries to try and keep your torch charged so you can zap zombies with it. So it's a little bit like uh, I Am Legend, I suppose. And, and was it Alan Wake? And I was just going to say Alan Wake as well. There was something the... else as well. I know there's another top-down game that uses light and torches to the battle the enemies. To I can't think what me. it is. It's just it was just literally black and white. Everything was in silhouette, like it was either light or shadow. But I can't I can't think what it was called. But that had a very I similar mechanic. I don't know. But carry on anyway. But yeah, uh, but yeah, sunburn. Interesting. Interesting enough. I didn't get to give it a proper go. I saw someone running around and having fun rummaging through cars and jumping over containers to leap over walls. It is top down, but it has the, the, it's designed, uh, in 3D, so you can bound over things and it's slightly tilted so you can see when you've got to clamber up things. Yeah. Just looked like good fun. Star Plantation was there. I've still not given Star Plantation a go. It's very, very reminiscent, extremely reminiscent, dangerously reminiscent of... Uh... Oh, I've just built it up and then I've forgotten the name of the game. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what is this? Oh. So, so, so what, what's it about? And then I'll try and No, guess. no, no. It's, it's fine. I'm going to ask a friend. One second. <laughs> Sarah, what's that game you like with the slimes, slimes where you ranch them? Slime Rancher. S slime Rancher. It's very reminiscent. <laughs> it's very reminiscent visually of Slime Rancher. It right, has okay. the uh, slight slime stuff going on. But it's obviously in space, and there are cool rocks and other bits and bobs to do, and you haven't got a big vacuum cannon. But... Uh, but I can't look at it without thinking of Slime Rancher. Not necessarily a bad thing because Slime Rancher was an absolutely magical experience and one that they keep updating and oh boy. And I hope that Star Plantation, when I eventually get to play it, is so different and so much better and in different and takes it in different directions than uh, Slime Rancher did. But I also hope that it has the success that Slime Rancher did because yep. that was uh, 
truly enviable how well Slime Rancher has done. Uh, that's all I can say on that one, really. Okay. Sure Footing was there. I really enjoyed Sure Footing. I played this at PC Gamer. I think we talked about it previously. We talked about it, and there's footage of you playing it, sir. Is there? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) And probably falling off. And you dying to a bug. Yeah, no, you yeah. dying to a bug is in the in the PC Gamer video. So they, I had a chat with one of the developers actually while I was there. Yes, and they have fixed that bug. They tweaked. They have tweaked the generation. There is still a chance that that's going to happen, of course. Yeah, yeah. But for the most case, they've fixed that. They've also fixed a couple of other ones that they didn't know were present in the build, and they've balanced and rebalanced uh, the main enemy whose name I can't remember because there's Dave. That that just comes and slaps people down if you can't get away in time. But then there's yeah, that's this little too slow in it. There's a big hand. That's it. And then there's this little chap who just throws bombs as yeah, well. Yeah. Because of the design of the game, because it's based around procedural generation, and because they and because they, uh, I guess, because of the way it's just generated, really. Uh, it's naturally got quite a difficulty to it. It's yeah. very uncommon for people to get above a thousand points. I did manage it. I you managed did. it at PC Gamer as well. You did. I a did quite well. Times, yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't high score with this one, but that was because I got caught on something. But that's absolutely fine. What is nice about the game? I keep saying nice. <laughs> what is great about the game is that obviously. As I said before, you can reprogram your character. You can reset your abilities before you go in. And each of the four different characters have different kind of speed or strength or etc. But you can, you can take a slow character and give them things like the speed dash and the double jump and all sorts. And, uh, and yeah, so it's just cool. I've played a little bit of, played a little bit of it since. And I played a fair bit of it while I was at the event. Just a really yeah. enjoyable game. I'll have a hands-on piece for that written up soon. And I believe there was talk of somebody doing a review on it as well. Excellent. Uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Finally, last but not least, 2001 A Space Felony was there, which right, is from okay. National Obviously Insecurities. Take on the name of A Space Odyssey. So what's, what's this? I'm it's, guessing it's a, some kind of crime game. It's really funny. So it's made by Gary Kings, who is uh, who has gained a reputation for making murder mystery games. Isn't he also the main character in The World's End? <laughs> yeah, someone else has said that as well. Uh, isn't actually him. Different guy. Uh, even though he said that there was only one Gary Kings in that film. But yes, anyway, 2001 A Space Felony. Uh, much like their previous game and their next games, as I as I discussed with him, uh, is a murder mystery game. You're you're on a space station. There's a kind of funny narrator talking you through it. Lots of references, obviously, to the to the book, as you would yeah. imagine. Uh, and you go round and you look at things and you take little pictures, and then you get the clue explained to you, and then you go and tie the pictures and the corpses together in this main hub. And the game's take on how kind of admits when you catch it out or creates further lies that you then catch it out in. And it's just, yeah, just a really clever, fun and funny game. 
and Coolish. well worth a go. It was it was free a while back, but you've all missed that now, so you have to buy it. But <laughs> Drat it. really good. <laughs> they uh, they were there because they were about to have a they were about to launch on Steam, but it's it's been pushed back a tad because of something nothing to do with the game. But uh, news on that will probably come soon, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, that was that was it. That was the majority of the games that were there. There were I think probably five or six other games there, including Terratech, which I still haven't played, and I probably should, because they're the people that actually organised the Tentacle booth, which is the main reason I attended, so I'm probably a terrible person for not playing that. <laughs> Gang Beast was also there, some other bits and bobs as well, including a couple of student games, but where I didn't get hands-on time with them, I don't really want to talk too heavily on them. No, that's fair, that's very fair. So... I know, it sounds like it was a, it sounds like it was a fun event. Just yeah, go. worth attending in the least for that. I mean, there was plenty of other stuff there to do as well. Like I said, there were events, tournaments. Uh, there were a lot of uh, storefront pop-ups. Uh, lots of people having fun. If you are the kind of person who likes YouTubers, there were plenty of them there as well. <laughs> is it something that moves around or is it always Birmingham? Pretty sure it's always Birmingham. Although uh, last year, myself, Sean, and Stefan attended for the site Rapture Games Festival, which right. was in Colchester, and they've announced this year that they are going to be touring the UK. They've announced six dates where they're going to go out to presumably small kind of gymnasium halls, like they yeah, were based in before. Rapture was at the next to the leisure centre, wasn't it? it? I believe it was actually in the leisure centre. Yeah, it's a building next to it. Yeah, it was in. I saw, it was some, in two... I saw Robot Wars there last year as well. Ah, quite cool. a, good, a few good events down there. Well, it was in two of the halls. They had one hall which just—I don't think it was bring your own computer, but there's no reason why it couldn't have been. There were right. loads of computers set up. There was a stage. There was there was food in there. There was music. There were lots of people having fun. There was a little VR zone, and then in the other room they had some stalls which had tabletop games and arts and crafts stuff and some gaming themed stuff they also had a minecraft zone because everywhere's got a minecraft zone now you've got to have a minecraft zone that's it and then all along the wall of that gymnasium hall there were a bunch there were a selection of indie games i'd probably say there were probably about 11 or 12 games there which wasn't bad considering i think that was their second year uh and yeah it was that was enjoyable as well. Yes. And if they're touring and they get a good reputation, then, then that will only continue to grow as well. And maybe they'll start doing their own bring-your-own-computer stuff. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's certainly an interesting idea. Yeah. So. so, well, I think with that, it brings us to the end of uh, this special on Insomnia 62. Um, next weekend for us, because these go up a little later than we record them, so next weekend for us is going to be uh, EGX Rezzed will be uh, and, uh, quite a few of the team I think are going there including myself and Dan and I think Sean's going I believe Stefan's there as well oh Stefan's going to go as well so yeah we'll be yeah. there next week so uh, uh, we won't be talking about that the next week that you hear the podcast it will be in two yeah. weeks time so look forward to that next week we might have a new member on the podcast so that could possibly. be possibly a good surprise for everyone but we shall see so thank you Dan for regaling us with your stories of uh, Insomnia 62 and uh, I will say goodbye bye I can talk for days mate <laughs> excellent <laughs>